This is the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast with Lindsay Preston, episode 140, Make Life Magical. Welcome to the Become an Unstoppable Woman podcast, the show for goal-getting, fear-facing women who are kicking ass by creating change. I'm your host, Lindsay Preston. I'm a wife, mom of two, and a multi-certified life coach to women all over the world. I've lived through enough in life to know that easier doesn't always equate to better. We can't fear the fire, we must learn to become it. And on this show, I'll teach you how to do just that. So join me as I challenge you to become even more of the strong, resilient, and powerful woman you are meant to be. Let's do this. Welcome to another replay episode of the show. In case you missed it, we're bringing old episodes from our former podcast called Life Lovers Radio out from the vault from the past few years and replaying them while I take a much needed break over these winter months. In today's episode, oh my goodness, one of my favorites, it's with Elise Antilli. If you're a client of mine, you know who Elise is because during the coaching process, there's a video that Elise and I recorded on manifesting. And for many clients, they say it's one of their favorite parts of the coaching process and that they learned so much from it. And this interview is just a snippet of what we covered in that longer video. In essence, it's a whole separate interview. It's not just like I pulled a clip from that video, but Elise is the queen of manifesting. Even though we recorded this years ago, like it's, she's still the queen of manifesting. That's still what she's so good at. It's been fun to watch her grow. She stepped into more of her feminine flow over the years too. Um, but yeah, you're in for a treat with this interview. Um, you're going to learn a lot. And as you see in the title, it says make life magical because manifesting to me really does make life magical. You realize you don't have to work as hard. You can lean on God, the universe, the divine, whatever you want to call it to help you out. And if you're not a spiritual person, you know, you could call it your higher self to really help you out here. Um, so get ready. You're going to learn a lot from this interview and you're going to greatly enjoy it. So next up will be my old intro that I did when I did Life Lovers Radio, and then you'll hear the interview after that. Enjoy it. Hey there, Life Lover. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. If you saw the title of this episode, you know we're talking all about how to take a mundane life and make it magical and authentic and beautiful and fun and amazing. And I say we because I have an extra special guest on the show today, and her name is Elise Santilli. Elise is a certified life coach and a spiritual mentor to women all over the world. She is based in the Sydney, Australia area, and she works with women who have this niggling feeling that they're wanting more from life. She helps her clients discover who they are on a deep level, build that self-love, and then manifest the life of their dreams. I met Elise about two years ago through a mutual friend of ours, and we have become great business buddies throughout these past two years. We are in this tight little Facebook community where we share a lot of deep 
things about our businesses and our lives with each other. And she has become such a beautiful friend over these two years. I feel like I know her, even though her and I have never met face to face. And I actually have already interviewed Elise before. I had her in one of my programs as a bonus where she was talking about manifesting. And no joke to this day, my clients still tell me that they love that bonus and they've watched it time and time again because there was so much value and Elisa's vibe in general is just beautiful. I really view her as an earth angel in a lot of ways because every time that I hear her speak, even if it's as short as an Instagram story, I just feel more spiritually connected. She is just a beautiful spirit and she has so much knowledge and such a beautiful energy about her. And I knew I wanted to bring her on the show to talk about spirituality and how she went from having a very mundane life and a very boring life and made it magical. Elisa's life, she used to have a lot of social anxiety. She felt like she didn't belong. She saw all these adults around her who were stressed and had depression and were playing games and they had lost their magic. And she didn't know what that magic was, but she always had this niggling feeling that there had to be more to life. But she didn't follow that right away. She went and checked off the boxes and did the good girl thing of going to college. She became a lawyer. She had this beautiful life on paper with this boyfriend she had been with for a while. She had these brunches and these photographs and everyone looked at her life and thought, wow, she's living the dream. But inside, she felt really empty. And that came crashing down in her 20s. She realized she could not continue that on anymore. And I know so many of us can relate to this. I know I sure can. Is When we're not living an authentic life and we're not living a life where we're in alignment with something, if it's spirit or ourselves or a combination of the two, things just come crashing down or life feels mundane. And you're going to hear today Elisa's story about how sometimes the biggest setbacks in life are really the biggest comebacks and allow you to take your spiritual life to a whole new level. And she's going to give you so much beautiful knowledge on how you can start to connect with spirit and what that feels like and how that can really create a life that you love or this magical life that we're all craving. Elisa and I are so fortunate to be able to live that life now and I think that's why we're such good friends because there's so few of us here. We want to bring up so many more women to where we are and live this beautiful life. And today's episode is going to be packed full with how to do that. I think you're going to adore this interview. And I think it's something that can really change you and take your spirituality to a whole new level. So without further ado, here is my interview with the beautiful Elise Santilli. Elise, I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I told the listeners a bit about you in the intro about how we met, how you were featured on one of my programs, and how much I adore you, but I would love for them to know even more about you. So can you tell us a bit about your journey through life with spirit and where you got to be the person you are today? Thanks, Lindsay, and hello, everyone. I'm so happy to be here. So a bit of my background, I grew up on an organic fruit and vegetable farm in the countryside of Australia near the beach. And I had friends growing up, but I also had quite a bit of social anxiety and shyness. I always felt like I didn't quite belong, like I was from another planet maybe. And I have a vivid memory of being about five years old and 
looking around at the adults in my life and their stress and their depression and their arguments and the games they were playing and just feeling with such love and compassion that this cannot be it. Like they've lost the magic. They've, they've forgotten something. So I was always seeking even from five years old, but I just didn't know what I was seeking for. So as I grew up, I got good marks. I was ducked to my school. So I went to university in Sydney to study law. It was very much the status quo thing to do. You know, if you got good marks, you did law or medicine. And I made some maybe surface level friendships and I found a really good on paper boyfriend and I was going to brunches and doing photography because it was cool. So my life looked good on paper. But again, I had this niggling feeling that there must be more to life. Like I was missing out on some sort of magic or meaning or magnificence that deep down I knew was possible. And then in my university years, I won a scholarship to study in Italy. And uh, they actually asked me at the last minute, one week before it begun, can, can you go to Italy next week? And I'd never been overseas on my own, let alone to Europe. So I went along and I spent a lot of that time stu uh, studying and a lot of that time traveling around. And I remember one night being in a small coastal town called Cinque Terre. It's beautiful, got colorful houses and vineyards and hiking trails. And I was sitting on a stone wall with my legs dangling over the ocean with an Italian pizza. And I was looking up at the stars and it was one of the first times I felt connected to something far, far greater than me. I had this deep knowing without any doubt that there was so much more to life than my dull, stressful, inauthentic reality back home. And that life was meant to be beautiful and amazing and joyful and magical and miraculous. So fast forward a few years after that moment and I was walking home from work still in this good on paper life and I just burst into tears. So I had just walked home from my job as a lawyer at the time that was just so misaligned with my soul. I was still suffering quite bad social anxiety. I was in a really toxic relationship and it just felt like I'd woken up in the wrong life, but I didn't know what the heck to do about it. And that was a real tipping point for me, kind of crying on the road, almost asking something out there for help. And that created both a really, really rough time in my life and a really, really amazing time in my life. So my external world in some ways began to crumble around me. My eight-year relationship ended. My eight-year career as a lawyer started to come to an end and I had a heartbreaking breakup with my group of girlfriends. But then on the other hand, a few miraculous things happened that cracked me open to spirit. Grace started showing up in my life. Spirit began showing up in my life. And I realized that was the thing I was seeking when I was five years old. So just quickly, what, what happened to bring spirit into my life? I saw a poster for an evening philosophy class 
and I began to go along and I discovered this whole world of wisdom. I once heard the word philosophy defined as the knowledge which enables us to live a happy and true life. And that's what we were learning, all these concepts like love and happiness and devotion and freedom. And it was life-changing. I couldn't believe we hadn't learned this kind of thing at school. And then I met a man in class who told me a story just casually one night. He told me a story of how he once mapped out exactly what he wanted for his life on just some sheets of paper. And after he did that, he manifested the life of his dreams from creating a vision for his authentic, happy life. And I remember thinking, wow, like I have spent my whole life doing what society told me to do, my parents, my teachers, the newspapers, my friends. I never stopped to think, what do I actually want? What, what is my vision and my values and my unique soul? So that was a huge turning point too. And then I began meditating around this time so I woke up to the fact that I wasn't my thoughts. All this negative chatter that I was having about myself, that wasn't me. And I wasn't even my body and I wasn't my titles or roles like lawyer or girlfriend or single. And so I asked myself, who am I really then? If I'm not all these things I've identified with my whole life. And I realize I'm a soul, I'm a spirit, I'm an infinite being. I'm the universe experiencing itself as a human for a little while, as Eckhart Tolle would say. And that was another huge moment of grace because my whole life I'd had shyness and low self-esteem. And now I realized that I was made of stardust and my whole life I thought I was not good enough. And now I realized I had the power of source or God within me. And my whole life I doubted myself and now I knew that I could be an instrument or a channel for great things. And this also helped with my social anxiety because I discovered the concept that not only am I a divine being, but everyone is. We are all one. We are all pieces of this one puzzle of life and we are all connected and we are all equal. And so I could begin approaching people as love and see the light within them as the same light within me and, and recognize that they are me in some ways. So that's really how spirit came into my adult life. And then since then, that's been the last five or six years, I've been on an inner and outer journey to connect with spirit. So internally, it's been learning to work miracles in my mind of thinking with love, not fear and undoing the ego thought system through things like prayer and meditation and even manifesting my heart's desires. And then the outer journey to co-create with spirit to rebuild my life in an authentic aligned way. So I did end up leaving the eight year relationship. And a few months later, I met my soulmate, the man of my dreams and I did end up leaving law. I studied to be a life coach and a writer, and I was finally able to do my calling, do what I was born to do. And I met some amazing new friends who are soulful and positive, and I created a whole lifestyle with spirit that is based on my true values and unique soul. So spirit and magic have just become part of my daily life. It's really incredible. And I feel so blessed for the grace that brought that on.
Oh my gosh, Elise, I love hearing this story. I've heard bits and, and parts of it through us getting to know each other, but hearing the full thing. Um, and I know as listeners out there, you may think, oh, well, this is some Cinderella story of <laughs> it just kind of happened magically all together. And, you know, we'll talk about magic a lot. You've already referred to it a lot here, Elise. Um, but there were some hard times I know for you in there. And there was a lot of years where you felt really lost. And I know there's a lot of listeners out there that might feel that way. So what would you say, you know, what were you feeling during those years when, when things weren't going your way and you were going down this path that maybe wasn't authentic? Yeah, it's a great question, Lindsay. And it's a really good point. Even though a lot of grace was coming into my life, there was this period of years where it was really hard. Like I was crying every night. I was fighting with my partner. I was feeling so down about my job. My friendships were falling to pieces. It was a, a dark night of the soul, they call it. And I had no idea at the time that it would have a happy ending. A Course of Miracles, a spiritual text says, a happy ending to all things is sure. But at the time, I didn't know that. So it felt like it could go on forever. And I really had that feeling of there must be more, but I, I don't know the path. I can't find the door. I can't find the light. And then slowly, bit by bit, the, the moments of insight happened and the meeting the right people or the hearing the right audio or the reading the right book happened. I think that happens to a lot of us. Just these small moments you don't even realize at the time are changing your life. And it's only when you look back a few late years later you realize that everything has changed. Yeah, because it sounds like in your story, one of the biggest shifts was seeing that philosophy class flyer. Mm -hmm. And that was just some random thing. And then all of a sudden it opens your mind to this whole new way of being. And then, you know, these books start falling off the shelves. You meet these new people and it does. It starts to then, it sounds like just come together very naturally. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, when, when you do feel that calling in your soul to either connect more with who you really are and or change your external world so it's more aligned with your true passions and heart's desires, you, you will be guided. Like the fact that you felt that call or felt that, that void, that void that there must be more that is a sign that you know you are ready for this journey so I know it's easier to say in hindsight but yeah I, I just want listeners to feel a sense of support and trust and hope that it will get better and they will be guided and things will work out yeah so Elise let's go back in your story for a bit about some of the big shifts you had to make, like leaving your career, leaving that eight-year relationship. I mean, how scary was that? It was so scary. I remember the day I moved out of my apartment with my ex-boyfriend or my boyfriend of eight years. I had a girlfriend help me move. And I remember sitting at a cafe with her. We were having a coffee break. And I just remember saying to her like, I don't even know if I can get up from this chair. Like I just feel so anxious and overwhelmed. What have I done? What if it's the wrong decision? And I just had to really take it, not even day by day, 
moment by moment. So I couldn't even think of tomorrow. I just had to go, okay, all I've got to do now is drink this coffee and eat this muffin. And I wouldn't think of anything more than 10 minutes ahead until, you know, as the months went on, then I felt more trusting and more sure of myself. But it was hard. And, and similarly with the career change, it was such a big leap from being a lawyer to being a life coach. Yeah. And I had a lot of people look at me like I was a little bit nuts when I told them that I was doing this. Um, and again, there was a lot of journaling. There was a lot of doubt. There was a lot of fear that I had to use the tools that we learn on this personal development journey and, and use this budding connection with spirit to, to work through that and shift my mindset from the fears and the doubts and the what could go wrongs to the, the hope and the conviction and the what could go right and what would I do if, my, if I loved myself and what does my soul call me to do here? Yeah. And I'm curious, Elise, it seems like it was very natural for you to just start trusting spirit and it felt very authentic, but did you have any blocks come up along the way or anything in your childhood that really played a part on you not wanting to trust spirit? Yeah, it's a great question. I grew up in a Catholic school system, so, and the particular school system that I grew up in was very strict and very, um, I guess, a little bit condemning and harsh. And so I actually had a bit of a distance or an atheist perspective for a lot of my adult life up until I rediscovered spirit in this different form. And I also just didn't have anyone in my life really at the time who believed in anything other than what we see with our senses or, or believed in this kind of spiritual ethereal realm or magic or miracles. So it felt very isolating to be on this journey and it felt very, you know, scary given my experiences in the past um, with, with um, the, the school system that I'd grown up in. Yeah, so it sounds like it was something that was fear-based. Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of fear there at first. But at the same time, I guess what happens is it's all well and good to hear people talk about this or read about it. But when you actually experience it, that's what gives you conviction because you know what you experience. So when I was starting to meditate, I just felt peace in my heart that I'd never felt before. And then as the days went on, I would notice in situations in life where I would normally overreact, I felt fine. I remember when I just started to meditate, I was on my way to work at this law job and I was running late and I spilled a green smoothie all over my white floors, my white couch my white walls and normally I would have just had a breakdown but I just felt I just giggled and felt peace and it was little moments like that where I was experiencing the benefits so even though most of the time I would have so much doubt and and almost fear about what I was believing and what I was this journey I was taking there was also just so much experiential evidence that there was this beautiful, divine, powerful energy supporting me in that I did have inner peace 
deep inside of me that I'd never known about before because I could feel it. Yeah, I love that. I so agree with what Elise is saying here with, you know, we can all kind of wrap our logical mind around things. We read, you know, scripture or sermons or see things logically, but until we experience that, that's when you, like Elise said, there's a conviction with that of, I know this is truth. I know this is who I am. This is a part of me or this is out there. Um, so I love that you said that, Elise. It's beautiful. Um, and then too, I think it's, it's really interesting that you talked about your breakup and how there were periods of time where you just had to worry about those next 10 minutes. And, you know, you and I have a similar story in that I had a really hard breakup with my divorce. And that was the same thing was I couldn't think about the rest of the day. I had to think about that moment. And sometimes I think when we go through these really, really hard periods of time, that's when spirit comes alive and we learn to trust because mm. we're so focused in on that present moment and really just quote surviving that we realize something is bigger out there working in our favor. And it all just kind of starts magically coming together. And it's just, yeah, that's beautiful. Thing. I've never thought of it that way, but it's true because you have to surrender some of your control that actually creates the space for this power that has been there all along or this insight or this inner wisdom, whatever you want to think of it as, to actually speak. Um, often the voice of your soul or your heart or your intuition is a lot softer. It's more of a, a whisper than, than the voice of the inner critic or the conditioned mind. Um, and so normally in life we're so busy listening to that that conditioned mind chatter go on and on and on that we don't have the space to hear spirit. But when we are faced with these breakups or these career changes or these challenging times, we, we are so in the present moment and we are so out of control that, yeah, it creates the space for that voice and that connection. Yeah. And so it's just so so cool. I think, you know, you talked about the dark night of the soul is when we go through these hardships, especially these more extreme hardships, that's when we come alive. That's when we become more authentic. So if you're someone out there listening, going through that right now, just know that like Elisa is saying here, there is magic at the end of this journey. This is a time for your spiritual life to just blossom and bloom. Um, and so it's actually, I know Elise can probably agree with me, I kind of get excited when people are going through these, these big changes. Cause I think, wow, something really beautiful and fruitful is going to come from this. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's Joseph Campbell who wrote uh, destruction before creation. And so I, yeah, I like to tell people who are going through that kind of sense of, Oh, you know, I'm not sure my life is right for me anymore. Or that sense of, I need to actually leave a lot of things um, to align with who I really am, that like, that's okay. And there will be this period of messiness and confusion and darkness, but that is just creating space for the, the creation of something new and more aligned. Yeah. What would you say, Elise, has been your biggest benefits to date by connecting with spirit? Uh, there's so many, but I'll try and keep the list short. So firstly, more of a sense of daily joy. Um, I read a quote once that your level of joy is kind of correlated to your 
connection with spirit. And I think there's something true about that, that true, lasting, sustainable happiness doesn't come from their job or the boyfriend or the holiday or the money or the external circumstance. It's from being aligned with your highest self, from feeling good about yourself and, and being in your miracle or love-based mind. And so I found from having this connection with spirit that my daily sense of joy has gone up and also a greater sense of forgiveness, self-forgiveness and self-love to begin with, because even though I still have so many moments of judgment about my flaws and my imperfections and about my past, I know now that I'm divine. So it's, it's kind of gives me this sense of love and compassion towards myself that goes beyond what I used to think of self-love as things like bubble baths and doing your nails. I like that stuff too, but now I know my self-love is so much deeper than that and that it's, it's kind of innate. My worth is innate. And then that extends to much more compassion for other people. I'm much more forgiving and able to see the light in others than I used to be. Um, another benefit has been this connection to your inner wisdom. So being able to turn to spirit for a new perspective on things or for guidance or even to discover my visions and passions and desires and then co-creating with spirit to meet or call in the opportunities and people that I need to create the life that I want. So um, I'll give an example of this because, again, it all sounds very airy-fairy and magical at the moment. So I want to give a really tangible example. So a few years ago when I was, you know, connecting with Spirit, I said to my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, I want to meet more friends who are kind of entrepreneurial or inspiring or positive I had this void in my life. I was feeling very lonely for female friendships. And so I set this intention and, and called upon spirit to help me co-create this. And then a couple of really weird things happened after that. So a few over the following months, first of all, I went to a wedding and I met a girl who was going to the other side of the world in New York to a spiritual conference two weeks later run by Gabrielle Bernstein and I was going to the same conference and she had a spare room in her Airbnb there and I hadn't found any accommodation. So she offered me a room in hers and to, you know, I just met a random girl at a wedding and a couple of weeks later we were staying together in New York so that she became one of my amazing friends. And then I was in a, a Facebook group, uh, you know, on philosophy and happiness and things like that. And I saw a woman make a post, just post a story about her life. And I had this intuitive feeling, oh, you should reach out and message her. And I kind of thought, oh, why would I do that? Like, I'm not the kind of person who reaches out and messages strangers. Like, I'm not going to do that. But the feeling from spirit was very strong. So I sent her a message hi, I know we don't know each other, but I just feel like I should say hello. It turned out this woman was in Sydney where I live and that she'd put out, a, a, she calls it a universal memo. She'd put out an energetic memo to the universe 
that she wanted to start an, a mastermind for female entrepreneurs to get together over coffee or, you know, wine or whatever and, and to support each other. And that I had felt the energetic memo. That's why I felt called to, to respond to her. And, and so we ended up becoming great friends and we've run talks together in Sydney and we really support each other. And it's the kind of friendships, these two women and, and many more, yourself included, are the kind of friendships I always dreamed of having as a little girl, but didn't feel worthy of and didn't believe existed. And they came into my life from co-creating with spirit. Oh, I love it, Elise. Yeah. I love it. I know you put, you put so uh, such good words around benefits because it's so hard, I think, for a lot of us who are connected with spirit because I know for me, I just say it's magical <laughs> or if it's, <laughs> then it kind of looks like this person in love, you know, because it's just like, I, I can't describe it, but it feels really, really good. It's like this beautiful bottle of something wonderful, but you've never felt it before. You don't know what it is. And I love how you talked about the joy and then the co-creation and you know what the word we just keep saying is magical. It's just like, how does this stuff happen? How does it say I just say I want friends, and then I go to a wedding and there's somebody, and then I feel called to this, and it's just really cool. It's just it makes life feel um, you know, you said it like connected and just um very in flow is another word, I feel like. Yeah, definitely the sense of support and flow and trust. I mean, that's another benefit I found of connecting with spirit is the courage to go after your goals and dreams. So it did take a lot of courage, um, as you would know, to, to start my own business and to change careers and to put myself out there and to reskill in something totally different in my late 20s. And I was able to do that because of this courage that comes from knowing who you really are. So knowing that no matter what unfolds, your worth is not at stake. So you don't have to worry so much what other people think of you because your worth is innate. And then you know that you will be guided in some ways, like when you need to, about what to do and what to say. Um, of course, the miracle says fear is a sure sign that you are relying on your own strength. So whenever I'm in fear about my business or any of my decisions in life, I realize this is because I'm back in that old way of working where I think I have to do everything on my own and I need to switch over into realizing that I can receive intuitive guidance and follow what feels lighter or exciting even if it's scary and I can trust that even though I'll be I might be terrified on the path that I will be okay yeah and what I hear a lot Elise that you do so well is trusting that internal voice that intuition what have been your top ways that you've been able to really hear that voice and connect with spirit has it been meditation or walks tell, tell us your secrets yeah, it's funny you say walks because that's a big one. I definitely find meditation is crucial for me. So I meditate every morning. And if I don't, like there's maybe a couple of days a year that I don't, I notice such a difference. I am just a mess. I'm just a hot mess the rest of the day. Uh, I regress about 10 years. So I, I know how much meditating in the morning just gets me connected to that 
you know, that best version of you, the sparkling version, the version that makes the wise decisions and is calmer and peaceful and present and doesn't procrastinate and doesn't overthink things. And then uh, walking is a, an amazing way to access your intuition because it gives you the space to almost stop thinking about things. So what happens is when you're engaged in a present mindful walk, and I live by the ocean now, so I, I do do that two or three times a day, all of the things that have been swirling around in your mind and all of the intuitive feelings and nudges that you've not really felt yet, they all kind of mix together. And then in the walk, all of a sudden, you'll have this insight moment, this Satori aha moment where you just, you know what to do. Or even when I've been walking, I've had whole articles for my blog or, or for the publications I write for pop into my head and I have to quickly grab a piece of paper or something to, to write them down before I miss them. Oh, I can so relate to that, Elise. Where your walks are like my nights in bed, where it's just my mind is just empty, like you said, and all of a sudden these divine downloads start coming of, Lindsay, what about this? What about that? What about that? Um, I know another one for me is dreaming. Have, has oh, that wow. been something for you too? No, dream. I, I wish that something is so funny on this spirit journey, like... Um, I wish that that was something for me, but everyone's path is different. And that's not something that's happened to me, but I, I have heard other people say that. And it sounds amazing to, to get like a vision or an answer in your dream. I would love that to happen. Yeah. Well, I think the, the point here is that there's no one way to connect with spirit. You know, Lisa's things are different than my things and other people's things. And I talked about it this month on the show, Elise, but I want to reiterate it here. And I think you'll agree with me is that, you know, I think a lot of us, we grow up in these environments where it's like, okay, you go to church or you read the Bible or you talk to a preacher and that's it. That's your way to connect with spirit. And I grew up thinking, God, what's wrong with me? Why is this not working? When the reality is, is that we have to go on our own spiritual journeys. Like Elisa's already talked about, we have to fill it for ourselves and do our own things and see what works for us to start to experience those things. Would you agree, Elise? Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I think that's a really important point because you can feel at times like you should be doing something. Oh, I should meditate at the crack of dawn or I should buy crystals or I should, you know, use Oracle cards. And um, I always kind of tell my clients, it's not about the tool or, or the symbol. It's about how it makes you feel. So your, your tools or rituals that you use to align with spirit or your soul or your higher self or your best self, whatever you want to call it, will be unique to you. And, and for me, it's things like Rumi poetry. There's a poet called Rumi. If I read anything of his, I feel instantly like sure as sure that everything I'm hoping is true about us being divine and, and the nature of miracles and, and magic. Like I know that it's true. It feels so resonant. Similarly, looking at the stars at night, I know no matter how lost I feel or if I'm caught in self doubt or over analysis, if I look at the stars, I just feel connected and, and good conversation with good company. That's another one, like surrounding yourself with, 
spiritual running buddies, as they call them, like that also helps get me feeling connected with spirit. So you'll just learn your own set of rituals or tools and they, they may evolve as you, you expand. Yeah, for sure. And I think on that note too, uh, I don't know if you felt this way, at least with your Catholic background, but I felt really judged of that I wasn't connecting in the specific way that everybody else was connecting or telling me how to connect. And I know as I've gone on my own spiritual journey journey and found my own things, I look at other religions now and other people and what they do, and I have so much less judgment and so much more love. And you've talked about that love too of you do you, I'll do me, and we're just on this journey together doing and living our best life. Would you agree with that too? Yeah, absolutely. You begin to realize that at the core, most religions or spiritual journeys, that we're all seeking the same thing, you know, whether you call it unity or peace or love or oneness or spirit. There's a truth that, you know, Christianity, Buddhism, Taoism, they all have the same truth at their core. And so whatever, like you said, you do you, whatever people need to do to feel that and to feel peace and love, then that's perfectly fine. And you do get this sense of non-judgment and openness, realizing that everyone's aiming for the same goal deep down. I think the Dalai Lama says my religion is love. And I love that. Like, I think that's the truth of all of these different denominations and, and forms of it. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to specifically say that there because I know a lot of the listeners are in Texas like I am in the Bible Belt or kind of in these southern states where we are taught, you know, these are the ways that we connect with spirit. This is the end of the day. And I know when I was kind of branching out and even to this day when I try new things, I still have that little voice in me that says, Ooh, Lindsay, maybe this is bad. Maybe this is evil. Don't do this. And every time I have just leaned into it and just said, I'm just going to try this and do it. Then it's opened me up to this whole new world. So I think a lot of us are walking around with this fear-based mentality of it's got to be this certain way. And once you start to just allow yourself to expand that, and I know Elise, you talked about this in your story of just kind of exploring like philosophy and manifesting and all that, that's when things start to come alive in your life. And just realize that a lot of this stuff that people are telling you is, is fear-based and it's not true. You've got to go and expand your mindset to become, you know, the person you are meant to be. Would you agree? Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. It's so true. Um, it's funny that you, the way you describe Texas, Sydney is the same but different in the sense of I feel there's a lot of atheism here or skepticism. So I, I feel, you know, on my journey and using my tools that I feel a, a fear of judgment um, and you know, fear of what will my high school friends think of me? What will my work colleagues think of me? But um, from the sense that, you know, there's a lot of skepticism. Um, but I think, like you said, you just have to realize that your truth is your truth. So that might be their truth, but your truth is yours and yours alone. So if it feels true to you and you, you know, like, you know, like, you know, when something feels resonant to your soul, you just have to put what other people are doing and thinking aside and trust your own inner wisdom and, and go with that. Yeah. 
So Elise, you mentioned that you're pretty connected with spirit now and that you meditate almost daily, but how is life different when you're not connected with spirit? And how do you know when you're getting out of flow? Yeah, I love this question. And again, I, I want to reiterate, I am not walking around like Buddha or something. I have many moments every day where I lose myself in the stories, the stories of I'm not enough, the stories of I can't do this, the stories of it's so hard. But what happens is as you go on this journey, you learn to witness that sooner and then you learn to connect back to the light sooner. So all day I'm shifting from fear to love and back into the light and back into my alignment. But I know that I'm not feeling connected from a, a few things. But first, I just want to say, this is something that really helped me to understand. Technically, we are always connected. So I used to beat myself up early on in my spiritual journey thinking like, oh, I'm disconnected again. I'm disconnected. It's all my fault. I'm not good enough. I'm not spiritual enough. But the thing is, we are always connected because we are innately divine beings. We are our soul. So you cannot not be connected. It's just sometimes we lose the feeling that we're connected. So I like to explain it as think of the sun. The sun, you know, is always shining on you, but sometimes the cloud might obscure it and you feel cold and dark and wet for a little bit, but the sun is still there. It's just behind the cloud. You just can't see it. So we're always connected. We just sometimes forget that and, and get lost in our our small self stories and, and conditioned mind fears. So some telltale signs that I've kind of lost that alignment are things like being lost in my thoughts, you know, ruminating about the past and what happened yesterday and what happened five years ago and what my parents should have done differently or trying to worry about and control the future. Um, that's definitely a sign that I've forgotten who I really am and forgotten that, you know, the now is all that exists. Um, the self-judgment comes back. So I really start to beat myself up a lot. Like your soul, your soul will never like beat you up. It may encourage you to change things out of love, but it will, that nasty voice in our head that beats us up is never, ever the truth. And similarly, when I start to judge myself, I start to judge others and I start to experience that sense of otherness and separation again. And then I begin to feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders and I have to like think up every answer in my life because I've forgotten that miracles are natural and that I will be supported. Um, of course, the miracle says, Something like, you know, why do you attempt to fly with the tiny little wings of a sparrow when the mighty power of an eagle is within you? And that's how it feels. Like I've forgotten that I have the mighty power of an eagle and I'm trying to like, you know, create my dreams or even just handle my daily life with the tiny little wings of, of a sparrow with all respect to sparrows. <laughs> and um, it, the, the kind of biggest telltale sign is this sense of dullness that I used to experience for 25 years of my life as life, like that life was black and white, not in color and that there was no magic and that it was all very Groundhog Day and that there was a, a 
a void in my heart. I could feel, I can feel when I feel disconnected, a void in my heart. And it feels so tangible that you want to feel it. So I'll, I'll want to reach for food or reach for alcohol or we don't have a television, but if I did have one, reach for the television or reach for social media. And all of those things are fine in moderation, but I know that I'm disconnected when I'm kind of reaching for them, not for joy, but to fill a void. And that void is simply a sense of separation from love, the love that we are. Oh, Elise, you never cease to amaze me with your words. Oh my gosh, you're incredible. Uh, thanks, There's Lindsay. so much goodness in that one answer. I, I have no words. <laughs> I was just sitting there listening, just like nodding my head in this whole no another world. <laughs> so much truth there. So much truth of just those distractions that we go to and when we feel disconnected. Oh, so good. Mm -hmm. um, so Elise, you kind of mentioned your own inner doubts and those start coming up a lot when, you know, you start feeling disconnected per se from spirit. What is What do you start to do whenever that happens? Do you start meditating? Do you go for a walk? Do you have boundaries with yourself? Yeah, there's a, a number of different things. And again, like I do it very much based on feelings. So I have like a thousand and one things I could turn to. So I kind of try meditating or I'll go for a walk or I'll read an inspiring text or I'll watch an Abraham Hicks video or I'll, you know, focus on service. How can I help someone else? Or I'll pray for a shift in perception or I'll dance and try and find the humor and the light again. And it could be any one of those things. And it's just about at the time, okay, is this feeling like I'm kind of feeling relief and back into the sense of peace in my heart? Yeah. So it sounds like you have, in essence, this list of things or tools that you start going down the list of, okay, I dance, that didn't work. I went and I'll walk. That didn't, and you just start going down the list until you start feeling that connection again. Am I hearing that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, want to add a key thing is a sense of acceptance first so like doing it not with a sense of oh like why isn't this feeling go away and almost resistance to yourself and self-judgment it's crucial to first kind of accept okay i'm feeling a little bit out of my right mind today i'm feeling a little bit you know not my best self okay i love and accept myself anyway and if this feeling you know, chooses to stick around, then I still am okay with myself. And then from that place, it's much easier to find the things that help you get back to love, return to love, as Marianne Williamson's book is called. Um, once you've made peace with it, it's easier to change it. It's like love is kind of transformational. I think you might have heard before in the personal development world, you're much more likely to change yourself and change your life if you're coming from a place of love and compassion than you are from a place of self-judgment and trying to fix yourself. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It, it, I always just have this vision of somebody just like trying to punch somebody punching them. It's just kind of <laughs> into this big fight versus what you said of accepting it. Okay, I feel sad. I feel angry, whatever it is and just accepting it for what it is. And then that's where you just start kind of flowing with it. Yes, exactly. Into that feeling. Yeah. 
Oh, okay, Elise, I've got some fun questions for you that I ask all my Life Livers guests. Are you ready for them? Yes. Okay. First off, are you a dog or cat person? I'm a pug person, which is a, a type of dog that I love. I think they're super cute. They and are super cute. Happy whenever I see a pug. <laughs> what is your favorite book? This question is impossible, but I'll give you two that have changed my life. The first is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which is all about the inner connection with spirit and, you know, realizing that you're not your thoughts and kind of connecting back with your, he calls it presence, but presence is really another name for spirit or source. And the other book is E Squared by Pam Grout, which is a book which has a series of experiments that you can do to begin to co-create with spirit in your more outer or external reality. So to, to manifest basically, and it's just a really fun, joyful, lighthearted book. And um, I've manifested quite a few cool things from using it. So yeah, they're my two picks for this. Oh, love it. Well, what is something you love to do and can't imagine life without it? I'm going to sound boring with this answer, but the truth is meditation. I have a love-hate relationship with it. Some days, you know, I don't want to sit, but other days I love it. But either way, I couldn't live without it because I know that when I don't do it, you know, everything is just so much harder. And I have a couple of friends who've, you know, seen the changes in me and so have started to meditate themselves. And they've just been shocked. Like um, one friend of mine in particular, he's meditated for about a year now and he's a completely different person and he's just so grateful for what it has brought to his life. Beautiful. Well, what does having a life you love mean to you? I think it's realizing that, you know, there's no single definition of success and that your path and your fulfillment and your meaning is unique to you. So being authentic to you and honoring your unique dreams and passions, giving your gifts in the biggest possible way, that's something I'm learning that part of a happy life is actually um, not just what you can get, but giving of yourself and um, then co-creating, you know, your beautiful, fun desires with spirit and creating a life that you love waking up to, not just on holidays on the weekends, but, but that feels rich every day. Yeah. You know, you mentioned in your story, Elise, about how you had this great life on paper or in pictures. And I know I felt that way too in my twenties was, okay, you know, my pictures look great. My life looks great. You know, now with Instagram blowing up, there's so many, especially I see early 20 somethings who are like that. And, um, it, it's so cool because when you come around on the other side and you do the things like Elisa saying of being authentic and getting what you want, then it's like you get, you have the feelings of what your paper life used to look like, but the paper life doesn't even matter anymore. Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so cool. Well, what's been your favorite setback in life, Elise? I love this question so much because, you know, when you think about it, every setback gives such a big lesson that you almost wouldn't give it up for the world. So, you know, being with the wrong boyfriend for 
eight long years <laughs> helped me get crystal clear. I remember after I broke up with him, I wrote down on a piece of paper every single thing I wanted in a life partner. And it was very deep stuff and very specific. And that's what I found. And I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't had that contrasting situation to help me find the clarity. You know, being in the wrong career for eight years, again, I'm so grateful for that because I actually think that if my career hadn't been so sucky, like if I'd liked it like slightly more, if it was at least tolerable, I might not have had the courage to go be a life coach and follow my dreams. So I'm actually so grateful that my job sucked so much. But my favorite setback, is probably, um, my younger self wouldn't like me saying this, but the low self-esteem and the shyness that I had that really plagued me in, in school and high school because now when I coach clients to find their confidence and their voice and their self-love and worthiness, I can tell them with conviction that you can change. Like I used to think that, you know, some people were just born with high self-esteem and confidence and you either had it or you don't. But now that I'm, I've seen my personal transformation from being this socially anxious, low self-esteem girl to, to loving myself and feeling worthy today, I can just, you know, with such conviction, believe and, and tell my clients that, you know, this journey is possible for you. And I, I love that feeling of knowing the sweetness that is ahead of them as they go on this journey themselves. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. And that's what makes you so real and authentic is going through those hardships because you can relate to it. Oh, it's beautiful. Yes. So what's one thing you do, Elise, if you had no fear? <laughs> I would so love to speak at one of Oprah's, you know, super soul sessions or something like that. Obviously proviso that she would have me, but that, that minor detail aside, I would so love to get on a mic and share what I have learned and, and the, spread the magic and the joy with the masses. Um, the reason I say, you know, if I had no fear is that, that obviously um, at the moment, the thought of that makes me very nervous, but I would love that. Oh, I can see it happening, Elise, for sure. Oh, thank you. Well, last fun question. How can women start to support each other even more in life? Oh, I love this question. I think there's a couple of things that have really helped me build connections with other women. Um, dropping judgment, first of all, because um, anytime you're judging someone else, you're really actually judging yourself. And so if we just drop all judgment or already so many of the barriers to love and connection fall down, Dropping comparison because it took me a long time to get this, but when you get it, it's life-changing. There is no such thing as comparison. We are all unique gems and diamonds, and we all have our own unique music to play as part of the orchestra. So comparison just doesn't even make sense. It's not necessary, and we can all shine. Um, being vulnerable, that has really helped my friendships and connections with other women is like, taking off the masks and actually being honest both about, you know, your needs or your fears and honest about your, your dreams and your hopes. 
And then following on from that, just if we could then be supportive of that and uplift each other and see the greatness in each other and be that loving, inspiring support network for, for all of us to rise together. Oh, absolutely. And at least I feel like you've given this to me so much in our little Facebook group that we share with a couple of other coaches where we go in there and sometimes we have meltdowns, maybe <laughs> one of them. And, and y'all have been so great at lifting me back up and getting me back to where I wanted to go. And it's so nice to be around other women who are cheering the other ones on, even though we're in essence, I guess, competitors, we all know that there's enough for us at the end of this journey or the end of this road together. Um, and it's just been so nice. And if, if we can cultivate that more, oh my gosh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful thing. So, yeah, I love it. It's such a blessing to be in that group. I'm so grateful for you and for that, like you said, that, that space to, to be supported and uplifted, even in the, the more challenging times, it's just, if everyone had that kind of relationship with each other, Oh, can you imagine the kind of heaven on earth we would create? Oh, for sure. But I think, and maybe you'll agree with me here, Elise, is you've got to find it in yourself first. I mm. wouldn't be able to show you love and encouragement if I didn't know how to show that to myself. Absolutely. And I believe like that the world in some ways reflects how you feel about yourself. So Actually, this is something from my childhood I didn't share in the beginning. It's just come to me now. I had one of my limiting beliefs was that, like, I wasn't part of the girl group, like that I wasn't, um, I don't know. I remember once an adult said to me, like, they got mad at me for something silly, like using my cutlery the wrong way. And they said to me, oh, you'll never have any friends if you do that. And as, you know, a seven-year-old, you take that to heart. So I took it to heart, this limiting belief. Oh, I'll never have any friends. I'll never have any friends. And it's kind of been playing as a, an auto cassette tape in my head for years and years. And it wasn't till I looked at that story and forgave it and, and started to tell a new story. No, I, I, I love myself. And uh, you know, I like hanging out with myself for starters, and then I am worthy of friends as well, that the external world changed to match that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Elise, I want our listeners to be able to have a takeaway exercise that they can start doing to connect more with spirit. So what's an activity that you love that someone could start to do today? Yeah, this is a great question because I, I, I love trying to make this stuff practical again so it doesn't sound too woo-woo. It needs to be usable. So there's two things I'd say. Firstly, soul journaling. Um, so I know that, Lindsay, you speak a lot about the, the power of journaling. And so it's probably very similar to what you teach. I use my journal as a way to speak to my soul. So you know, whenever I feel blocked or out of alignment with spirit, you know, writing down all of the thoughts like I'm not good enough or, you know, what's going to happen here or I'm worried about this and then writing, what does my soul say about this? And then writing from your soul's perspective and, you know, you'll be amazed at what comes out, the, the, the guidance that comes from your soul and, and wisdom that you didn't even know was there. Um, and the second tool is simply 
prayer or intention setting. So, you know, every morning, just inviting spirit into your life or every moment that you feel blocked or in fear, you know, it can be so simple. The words don't matter as much as the intention, just saying, you know, spirit, I invite you to guide my life today. Or, you know, I see that I'm caught in this story or this block. I'm willing to see this differently. I'm willing to see with love, like, soul, higher self, show me the way. And just setting that intention, what you're saying to yourself and even to your subconscious mind is, I know that there's another way of looking at the world or myself or this, even though I can't find it right now. I'm not in a position to find this higher perspective, this peace, this inspiration, this creative solution, but I know that it exists. And so I'm going to ask for the answer or ask for the miraculous shift in perception. Oh, yes. And like what you said with journaling is, so in my world, we call it the authentic self. You call it the soul. Mm -hmm. um, and when you do, you start asking those questions. At first, it's going to feel really weird. I know when yeah. I started doing that of, I don't know, I don't get it. And yeah. then kind of let that space be there. Maybe day one, you don't get the answers right away or day two or day 10, but they start coming because you start asking yourself. And it could even be if, if you want to phrase it of, you know, what is God telling me today? What is the universe telling me today? Cause it's really just terminology. It doesn't really matter to me, at least where it's coming from. It's coming from something higher than yourself. Um, and then it just starts kind of flowing and I love how you said the prayer too, because again, you know, here where I live, at least it's all these kind of structured prayers of, you know, you do this, you do this. So I grew up with this, with this belief of, oh, prayer has to be this really structured thing. But then I realized that I'm praying all the time because I'm saying, oh, okay, I need this today, or I really want help with this. And that's again, where you feel that magic, that connection, because when you ask for it, then it magically appears. And it's yeah. like, wow, where did that come from? Yeah, exactly. And I love what you said about soul journaling or, or journaling to your authentic self that you may not get the answer right away. It's so true. And so I want to mention that often the answer will come later. Like, so you'll have an aha moment a few days later, or you'll be guided to the right resource or teacher or what you need in the form of, you know, it could be a billboard on the side of the road. Um, I remember a few years ago when I first started my business because I was you know caught in fear and doubt I was had a lot of procrastination going on so I said the prayer I said like you know higher self or soul like you know I surrender this to you like I, I don't want to do this anymore I want to step into my greatness I want to create how do I deal with this procrastination and then literally that night, I, on YouTube, like randomly this video on emotional freedom technique for procrastination came up and it was a 10 minute video. So I watched it and I couldn't believe it. Like the girl that um, was in the video as the kind of example case, she said, hi, my name's Elise and I'm a procrastinator. And, you know, obviously that's my name. And I just, it was such a wink from spirit. So I didn't get the answer in my journal that day, but I got the answer, you know, later. And that happens all the time. You know, there's been times where I've gone like, oh, I'd really like to like try a subliminal audio. And then in my email that day, one of my spiritual teachers that I follow has like a free subliminal audio or whatever. Like there's all sorts of synchronicities that happen in your life from 
the prayer and the journaling and, and just like um, kind of inviting that higher version of you, that's, I think, an important distinction. It's not just that the power is outside of you. It's not like we're praying to something that like has you know, is separate from us. The power is within us as well. We are spirit. Spirit is this power greater than us and we are part of that power and it is in us. And so this divine dance happens when you invite spirit into your life. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I love it. And you know what I hear a lot, Elise, is so I mentioned in the intro about how you did that bonus in my program, Authentically Awesome, about manifesting. And a lot of my clients, after they listen to that, they'll say, Lindsay, I love the bonus. It was great. I watched it three times and I really understand it, but I don't get how I've been manifesting in life. And mm-hmm. really, what I hear from that is they're not seeing how their quote prayers or their intentions they're being answered because a lot of times we're moving so fast or we just have these random thoughts we don't write them down um, and we don't realize that they come true and so luckily i'll get on the phone with them or maybe i'll just answer in the facebook group whatever it is and i'll say okay i'm gonna give you three examples right now where i know this has happened boom 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 and then they they have this light bulb moment and it goes off and they're like oh my gosh Yes, now I get it. And so if you're someone out there that says, oh no, it hasn't happened for me, it has happened for you. Absolutely. You just maybe haven't been able to stop yourself and see it. So that's where I think writing's really good is that maybe you'll just write a question out of, you know, like you had a list of, you know, how can I kind of break through this block of my motivation and my procrastination? And then you have something of, oh my gosh, that was answered yesterday because you may have missed it. Yeah, I love that. I've heard of people, um, you know, in addition to writing their gratitude diary, like noting down like all the little miracles and blessings and synchronicities and signs that happened that day, you know, and I think, you know, like you said, when you become observant of it, you start to realize everything that is happening, you know, for your highest good. Yeah. Well, Elise, we covered so much today. This episode is packed full of goodness, but is there anything else that we missed that you want the listeners to know? I think I just want to reiterate um, that like that feeling inside of you, you know, that longing to connect with something greater than you or to step into your worth and divinity and to create a life that feels authentically inspiring to you. Like listen to that trust that that is your higher self calling you on the phone you are worthy of an amazing life you're a beautiful divine soul your worth is innate and grace and the universe and the powerful present loving energy of love is on your side and have fun have fun playing with this it's never too serious have fun yeah Elise, thank you so much for being here today. I just feel like I'm in this kind of la-la land world listening to you every time we talk. It just like takes me to this whole nother realm. So where can listeners reach out to you to learn more about you and connect with you? Give us all your links. Thank you, Lindsay. It's been just such a joy to be here. I have so much fun talking about this stuff with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope that it has been of service to people. So people can find me on my website, notesonbliss.com, which has all of my blog articles. And I've also got a free resource library there, which has a free mini guide to soul writing. So if you wanted to explore that more, you can download that there. 
And then you can find me on Instagram and Facebook as Elise Santilli. And I'd love to connect with you. Yay. And I'll have all the links in the show notes and on the blog. So you can go find her with ease. Elise, thank you so, so much for being here. I am so excited. I got to have you on the show when we're talking about spirit and I can't wait to bring you on again. Thanks, Lindsay. Hey there, Miss Unstoppable. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. If you enjoyed it, share it with a friend. Send them a picture of this episode via text, via email, share it on social media. I'm sure they would be so appreciative to know these strategies and tips on how to accomplish your dreams. If you are ready to guarantee you're going to accomplish your goals and dreams, then it's time to start coaching with me. In my nine-month simple success coaching system, I am going to walk you every single step of the way to ensure that you get the goals and dreams that you want. The first step is to apply for a free 60-minute consult call. Just go to lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, epreston.com forward slash apply to get started. As always, my friend, remember... You're only as unstoppable as you believe you can be. So believe in yourself. You got this.